Hello, and welcome to the fifth and final episode of Tunes in Technicolor. I'm your host, Xander Barn, and today I'm joined by Grace Kincaid. Hello! I'm so happy to be here. Today, we're going to be talking about the album Sour and the movie Clueless. But before we get into that, Grace, what have you been watching and listening to recently? Recently, I've been listening. I've been getting into a lot of Taylor Swift. I am I am a Swifty, I will admit. <laughs> um, so I've been getting into her music. I actually just finished up a paper um, about her for one of my classes. You know, of course, do a little research for that and listen <laughs> to some of her her amazing music. Mm. Um, and the albums specifically that you've been listening to? Folklore is my favorite. I just listened to that at work the other day and like read the the re-recording that she just did like it's like it's so complex i feel like like it has so many bangers that are like upbeat and happy but it also has like super depressing songs that make you want to cry and like that's just great vibes that like i think anyone can get into completely agree i'm a i'm a taylor fan as well she made me a taylor fan but yeah I, i completely agree about that i think she has a great catalog of music so, if you had to use one word to describe the albums that you've been listening to recently, what words would you describe them? Red, I would say reflective. And I think I would say that because this is a re-recording. So, she's been re-recording her music. So, I think the re-recording of Red can be seen as reflective. Because as she went back and re-recorded all of her old songs and brought back old songs from the vault, she had so much more perspective on her life and she's looking back at these songs of how she wrote them and how she sang them folklore okay this is like kind of a dumb word but i would say green honestly i don't know i feel like green is just kind of like like it can be very chill but it's also like nature-esque i feel like folklore has big kind of like nature vibes around it Mm -hmm. like the lakes it's talking about how she wants to go go away from all the people and away into nature and I just get green vibes from it. I don't know how to, else to describe it. Folklore is definitely my favorite. Mm-hmm. What have you been listening to, Xander Barn? Well, I had a little bit of driving time these past couple weeks. So I listened to an album called Ventura by Anderson Pock. It's kind of a sequel to Oxnard that he released two years before this one. Um, and it's kind of a, a darker half of Oxnard. Oxnard is a much more upbeat and poppy album. This one is a much more laid back and R&B and a little more depressing of an album. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. I thought the instrumentation was amazing. I really love um, Anderson Pock's instrumentals. I think they're wonderful. Um, all the features mesh really, really, really well with uh, Anderson's style, um, especially Andre 3000's verse on Come Home. Um, I think his flow in that is unbelievable, and it's just a joy to listen to. Um, I also listened to uh, Rush's self-titled album. I really, really enjoyed this album. One of the first bands I got into when I first started listening to music was Rush. So it was fun to go back in their catalog and kind of revisit it, because I haven't listened to them for a couple years. And they just, they're just amazing instrument players. The drummer is unbelievable like so many of the drum patterns are so complex and he does them so effortlessly and it's a joy to listen to i thought the songs were a little long but 
what can you do about that? You know, it's rushed. They have long songs, but I really enjoyed it. If I were to describe the albums that I've been listening to recently in one word, I would have to describe Ventura as laid back. The instrumentation on it and Anderson Pock's voice are very soothing and calming. It kind of laid back is a great word to describe, like, just everything surrounding that this album. Rush is self-titled. Uh, I think energetic is a good word. You can tell that Rush is just getting their start and they're they're ready. Like they're ready to just do some crazy stuff. I mean the drums, the guitars, um, the lead singer's voice, I think they all have such energy and such gusto to them and I think it just pushes the album to new heights. I think it's lovely. And what movies have you been watching recently, Grace? I went to see Spider-Man No Way Home! It was amazing! I've, I've seen Tom Holland's Spider-Man's, I haven't seen the other one. I also watched Spider-Man 2, Tobey Maguire, mid. I thought it was absolutely mid. I liked Doc Ock, and he took it from bad to mid. Doc Ock was good. The, the train, train scene, scene was good. Is amazing. The train scene was good. Doc Ock was good. The rest was mid. I also watched Encanto, and I, I liked that. I loved the family dynamics. The music felt a little bit unnecessary, honestly. Like, it could have been the same movie without the music. And it was a little bit too Lin Manuel Miranda for my taste. Like, I could hear Lin singing those demos, and it just kind of <laughs> shook me a little bit. It was kind of scary. Yeah. But I love the family dynamics. I think it's, like, the best that Disney has focused on, like, family dynamics and relationships between family members and how they can be, like, so complicated. And I liked it. I agree with the family dynamic. Well, uh, recently I saw the new West Side Story. It was an absolute treat. I, I, I'm a big fan of the original, and I thought this one was way better. The direction and the, the way it's shot is so beautiful. Um, it just made me fall in love with the songs again. It's just an absolute joy to listen to. I really love West Side Story. I also watched a movie called Last Night in Soho. Um, this was one of my, from one of my favorite directors, uh, Edgar Wright, and I was very disappointed by it, I hate to say. I, I, I wanted to go in liking this so much. I've been excited for this movie ever since it was announced, and it just felt so middle of the road for me. It felt like anyone could have made this. The plot was very uninspired. I thought all the actors did a pretty good job. I thought Thomasine McKenzie and Anya Taylor-Joy did a good job, but I thought the rest of the cast was very underutilized. Um, some of it was shot pretty well, but other times the shots were just very bland. I did like the music choices though, but all Edgar Wright movies have amazing music choices. And I, I really, really just wanted more from this. It didn't, it didn't have that spark that a lot of Edgar Wright movies have. Finally, I saw the remake of Nightmare Alley, directed by Guillermo del Toro. Um, and I, I was a pretty big fan of it. I thought there was some pacing issues. It felt really, really long. It's a two and a half hour movie. You really, really feel it. But I thought all of the cast did an incredible job. I thought Bradley Cooper was standout. He did amazing. Um, I'm a big fan of Willem Dafoe, and I thought he did a great job playing a carny. Um, it also has Cate Blanchett and Rooney Mara and Stacked. Tony Collette. 
Richard Jenkins, Ron Perlman. Just an insane cast. Literally stacked cast. Stacked casting. And it was shot really, really well. And the one thing holding it back for me was just that, that length and how long it really felt. But I thought it was a really great story. So if you were to describe the movies that you've watched recently using one word, what word would you use? Okay, Spider-Man No Way Home. I would describe my one word is climactic. The the events that happen in Spider-Man No Way Home, which I shall not reveal to protect your sanity, are just super, like, the movie throughout, I feel like it comes to a lot of small climaxes, and then when it comes to the actual climax of the movie, like, it's so unexpected, and it's like, it's somehow it's been building the whole movie that you, but you don't even realize it until it actually comes to that climax. Mm-hmm. I think just, cl- it's so, it's climactic in so many really good ways. Um, and then Spider-Man 2, I've already said it, mid, it was an okay movie, like, I don't know, like, if I was, if it came on when I was, like, flipping through the channels, like, I wouldn't turn it off, but, like, if I was trying to pick out a movie to watch, I probably wouldn't pick it. Like, it had some good parts, had some not-so-good parts, um, so that kind of combines to mid. And then Encanto, I would say personal, because the, I think the movie focus on, focuses on so many, like, personal family aspects, and I think the way that it focuses on relationships between the characters is really revolutionary for a Disney movie, and I don't know if I've ever seen a Disney movie that's done that quite as well as Encanto did. Nice. The one word that I use to describe the movies I've been watching recently last night so i already described as this but disappointing it just didn't live up to the expectations that i wanted it to be considering the rest of edgar wright's filmography the word i choose to describe nightmare alley i already talked about this when i was talking about it but long um you just really really feel the length and it's just apparent when you watch it like oh man this is really is a two and a half hour movie the word I'd use to describe West Side Story is magical, honestly. I think the way the music and how it's shot and the story. the story and the acting all intertwine and work together is so lovely and just incredible to watch. And it was a magical experience for me. I absolutely loved it. Um, now that we're done with that, we're going to talk about the album Sour by Olivia Rodrigo. It was released um, last year. This was Olivia's debut album, and I think it was a great start to her career. Queen! Grace, Grace why don't you talk about it a little Queen! More? Okay. Sometimes when I talk about things that I really like, I sound uneducated, so I apologize for that in advance. Um, okay. So Olivia kind of started off like as a Disney Channel star, as many singers do. And so just, I feel like breaking out of that for a lot of people is really hard. Someone that I think did that else that, that did that in a really iconic way was Ariana Grande. Mm-hmm. I think she actually started Nickelodeon, but whatever. Yeah. So she did that. And I think Olivia Rodrigo almost came out of the gate like a lot stronger, I think. Because this album, like, didn't it have like six number one hits or something or it like had, five it, w- it topped the billboard charts there for were sure. so many hits and just so many of the songs that are on the album blew up mm-hmm. and i think the album like 
I think one of the things that makes it really good is like the variation of themes of all of the songs. A lot of people, I think the most common argument that against Olivia Rodrigo, uh, my mom, one of the people included who doesn't like Olivia Rodrigo, what? Um, that some people make who don't like her stuff is that she writes about the same stuff, which is just a breakup that she had recently, which I mean, I, that's true. A lot of the songs that she wrote on this album were about a breakup. But I mean... But not necessarily the breakup. You don't, like, have to assume that it was about that one breakup. Yeah, I mean... It could have been about many other ones as she was, like, going through Hollywood and being a Disney star. Like, Yeah, it's it's a concept album. It's about, like, relationships and everything. Exactly. And the <clears throat> reason that I think that it's good, like, and that it's ne- they're, they're not all just the same, is that she writes about it from so many different angles and takes so many different takes on it. It yeah. does different themes. Like it's kind of good the, for you. Absolute banger. Like goes so hard and makes you want to just shake your head and jump up and down. And then like enough for you is just like longing and wanting to be what they want to be, but you just can't. You can never live up to those expectations. And then you have like sad ones that are just like what is one happier? Oh. It just breaks your heart to listen to that because I just think all of the different angles that she comes at it from is what makes it such a good album and like a concept album like this can get a little bit boring because it can be a lot of the same stuff because it's a concept album but all of the different themes and angles that she approaches this concept from I think is what puts it above the rest. So one of my favorite things about this album is that the, the concept of it it's kind of like the grieving process of a breakup where it's all these different angles like what you're talking about how you know you can be mad at the other person or you can be like completely like torn up about it you can just feel horrible and I love how it ends with um hope that you're okay which is kind of like the acceptance that this relationship has ended and it's just kind of her coming to terms with I'm not going to be with this person again but I want them to be okay in the future Mm -hmm. another thing that I really like about this album is the length it's a really short album it's only 34 minutes and it uses that length really well there's no there's no bad songs. there's no bad songs and there's no point where I'm like okay you can kind of cut the song short. I think every song fits thematically and they all mesh and blend together very very well and I think they're all unique in their own right where they don't all feel <clears throat> the same. They blend together well thematically but they don't blend together instrumentally. No you know? no skips. There, there's no skips and they each feel like their own unique song despite the fact that they're still talking about relationships because mm-hmm. of all the different angles they come at it. And the themes. Mm-hmm. I think also, you've never been through a breakup, which, no. lucky you. Um, if this came out like after I had been broken up with, I would have been destroyed emotionally, like in the best way, but just absolutely wrecked. Because it's so good and it's so relatable to so many people. And I think, like, just so many people, I mean, everyone, some people haven't, but nearly everyone has been through a breakup in their lives. And, like, teens who are going through it, like, at that moment can relate so well to what Olivia is writing about. And even adults. Because she is a teen. Exactly, exactly. But then she also can have that kind of wider market 
because a lot of like more like millennials or even like Gen X can kind of look back and appreciate that time in their life even though Olivia is living through that time right now and she doesn't exactly have the perspective people who have perspective can look back on what she's writing and appreciate and remember how they felt in that time of their lives so I think through that she can have a really good and really wide audience yeah I completely agree I really love the album instrumentally as well I love all the twists and turns it takes like with the first track brutal starting off like really really heavy with like these metal guitars and these huge drums and then following it up with traitor which is a much more like laid back and spacey kind of sound i think starts off like acapella with some ooze yeah love that i think i i think all of these different styles blend really well together and just help solidify this theme that Olivia is trying to push forward with this album, and I think it is done wonderfully. All right, now that we're done talking about the album, uh, let's talk about the movie Clueless. Grace, why don't you introduce it? Great movie. Such a good movie. I would say it's a classic chick flick. I think it's the best of a chick flick. I think chick flicks can get sometimes a little bit patronizing and they can get a little bit misogynistic and I really don't enjoy that like when they're trying to insert like insulting female stereotypes into a movie that's marketed towards women I think that's really just not a good way to go and I think Clueless in an interesting way like almost like comes at those stereotypes in a really good way and creates really complex characters and I think it gives good backstories to all of the characters. It's also really really funny and has a lot of iconic quotable lines. I think that's great. Yeah. Um, and I also think I think the storyline is a lot different than a typical chick flick than you would expect it to be and I really like that about it. And. My favorite, one of my favorite parts of the movie is Paul Rudd. Just because he's Paul Rudd, but like in the movie he's like little baby Paul Rudd. He's so young, but like he looks so similar to how he looks like now. Like it's insane how like Paul Rudd doesn't age. And I think the relationship between him and um, Alicia Silverstone, between him and like Cher is the main character's name throughout the movie they have such a complex relationship and how their relationship grows throughout the movie because of the interactions that they have and because of the backstories that they have with each other i think is a really in a really great way i think it incorporates a lot of different things in a really good way you have the classic makeover montage that's a class that's a chick flick classic but it's done really well in this scenario Cher loves to do makeovers there's several throughout You have the classic realization of, oh my god, I'm in love with him, gasp. You have the classic movie, the kiss at the end, and then the pan away. And it has lots of funny jokes, and funny moments, and just funny everything. I think it's a great movie. Xander, thoughts? Going back to your point about it not having like underlying misogyny like some flicks do, Mm -hmm. I think that's in part to the director and writer Amy Heckerling a lot of chick flicks are directed and written by guys usually so there's always that little bit of underlying like haha let's make fun of women and what they do but I think I don't think this movie does that at all um and I I it's just 
it's very funny, it's very original, and I think the way it interprets Emma is really interesting in making it modern. Really? I think Charlotte Bronte? Jane Austen. Oh. Um, I think that's one, this is one of the best cases of making something really old into modern times and putting it, putting a new spin on it and making it feel fresh and brand new. Um, another one, another thing I want to talk about this movie is the, the coming of age aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the growth of Cher's character in this movie yes! is really, really apparent and yes! really, really good. Like the character in, arc. In, yeah. In the beginning, she's this like really stuck up diva shallow and shallow is a really good word to describe her and by the end she's just become this whole new person because she just went on this personal journey and realized i shouldn't be materialistic and i should focus on who i am as a person and not worry about what others think of me and that's a wonderful message but i think also she tries to focus more on helping other people Mm -hmm. yeah exactly I think the costumes are also really, really great in this mm-hmm. movie. The 90s. Yeah. This, great time. I think this is like a little bubble of what 90s fashion and culture was like. I don't, can't believe I didn't talk about that. Um, I, so I, I really, it's just very, very interesting to watch. It's like a time capsule when you're watching. It's like, wow, this is what this time period was like, kind of. And the, like the slang the slang and the terms that they yeah, use and, yeah. talk and talk like yeah that's another example of that yeah okay and here to talk about this time capsule concept um about clueless i'm joined here by my mom and she's going to talk about what living in the 90s was like as related to clueless so clueless is an interesting movie to re-watch because it's a lot of nostalgia um, there's not, so I grew up in Jordan, uh, which is where we are, and we didn't quite live like people lived in Clueless, but it was like the idealized life of what you wished your life would be. So there were like elements of Clueless in everybody's life, like the idea of of hair and talking like a valley girl and um, wearing clothes like they did in Clueless all are things that actually we wanted to emulate but it's really hard living in small town minnesota Mm -hmm. i did have a friend um, who lived in minneapolis who was probably the most clueless like person that i knew Um, and she lived whenever we would visit her um, it was like walking into clueless a little bit um, because she wanted to be that girl she wanted to be the one who spoke like a valley girl who um acted a little bit ditzy who um used all those catchphrases that are very were very popular Mm, in the 90s that slang the slang yeah and so that to me whenever when i think of clueless that's who i think of because it very much was who she really was and she wasn't ditzy but it was just part of the persona that you had was that you needed to act like you were ditzy just kind of like in clueless i don't think they're actually ditzy people it's just like that's what people expected them to be like yeah all right well thanks for joining me i just think this is a wonderful uh coming of age movie and a chick flick and i think it's very funny and i i really 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 like it to end that, I will 
Um, I'll end with a classic Cher Horowitz quote. Ah, oh, as if! <laughs> That's my best Alicia Silverstone voice. <laughs> uh, now that we're done talking about the movie, uh, let's talk about the similarities between these two. Um, why don't you start? Why don't I start? Okay. Um, one one of the biggest aspects of these two, and why I want to talk about these, is the the coming of age and growth aspect of both of these. Mm-hmm. Um, with the album, it's all about growing out of relationships, relationships, and getting better. And like, I think one interesting thing about the movie about relationships is like Cher is like, oh, I am too good for high school boy, and like she doesn't want to be in a relationship. And everyone a lot around her is being in relationships, and I think that is something that doesn't really change about her is that she has a high level of re- like respect for herself, and she holds herself to high standards and has high self confidence, which I think is good. I think a lot of the times in like chick flicks like that, and like even in albums of like Tango's like, oh, I'm just the nerd that's shy, no one wants to talk to me. <laughs> and I think Sharon and Olivia are both like, no, I'm important. I am. I have. They have really good self worth, yeah. which I think is a really good like role model and a trait that I think girls like nowadays and always should have to aim for is have high self-worth absolutely yeah i think it i think the album and the movie both have that message of like growth another thing that i think is like very similar to like between the two is the songs that are in clueless have like quite similar themes to a lot of the songs on olivia's album like one of them's called Kids in America, and it's just talking about being, like, about the experience that they're having, and it relates really well into the movie. That's another thing that I like about the movie, is how the songs that are played over it are really good and relate really well. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of the songs are similar because they're just describing things that a lot of people can relate to, and that's another thing that I think is really similar between the two, is the relatable nature and the really wide audience of both of these. Yeah, they're very similar experiences i mean like one of them's about school one of them's about a breakup i mean a lot of people like almost, almost everyone, everyone can, can relate, relate to, to both of those yeah Jinx. yeah it's just it's it relates to a wide variety of people and that's what i think makes it so good is that so many people can enjoy it that's i like films that are like that and like like movies that are good for everyone to watch mm-hmm. there's a little something for everyone in there mm-hmm um, another similarity between these two that I want to talk about is the kind of time capsule aspect of it. I think mm. Clueless captures the 90s really well, and I think Sour captures the 2010s very well. That's really like, true. as... With the styles. Yeah. I mean, it... Oh, and, um, Olivia uses a lot of sampling. Mm-hmm. In that yeah. album, she used a lot of sampling, so I think that also really contributes yeah, yeah. it to having that kind of time capsule feel of a lot of the music that came out, like, very soon to when she released Sour. Yeah, like, the, I think it's just, like, tw- the 2010s, the late 2010s in general. Yeah. That's kind of the feeling that Sour gives off. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's a little bit different, like, time capsule-wise, because one of them has costumes well yeah i mean you can't i mean music wise it's definitely a time capsule like the 2010s it encapsulates like and so it's really nostalgic yeah i think like i'm gonna be like 90 listen to it in like the nursing home and be like grandma we don't want you to listen to sour again 
I'm like, good for you. You look happy and healthy. Why don't we talk about, um, the, how about a word for each of them? To continue the word theme. Sure, yeah. Okay, so I'll go first, unless you want to go first. Yeah, you can go okay. first. My word for sour is girl boss. One of my favorite words, one of my good friends in college um, said that she had a minor in girl bossing. Love that. Um, so I just think that Olivia gives off really big girl boss vibes. A lot of people, a lot of times girl boss can be used to like make fun of someone or degrade them. But I think Olivia just kind of encapsulates the word in a really positive way. And how she's moving on and taking this relationship and using it to make herself better in a very girl boss kind of way. And I think this album can raise a whole new generation of girl bosses. Um, and then for uh, Clueless, I think my word has got to be um, iconic. Because this is an iconic chick flick. Actually, it was one of the first like really like chick flicks. Like I think the 90s and like early 2000s had a lot of chick flicks. It was mm -hmm. one of the most chick flick heavy times. But I think it's iconic because it's one of the best. And it's almost one of the first that just defines the genre yeah. in like a really positive light. Like how we were talking about earlier, it's not like misogynistic and like it isn't trying to make fun of women. Mm -hmm. And so for that reason, I think it's iconic. I, I think iconic is a, a fantastic word. I think that word gets thrown around a lot. But if there's one movie that I would describe as iconic, it is absolutely clueless. Um, the word I'd use to describe sour is definitely uh, conceptual. Uh, I think this album tackles the concept of breakups very well and the many emotions that come with it. And even like relationships too, not yeah. just the breakup. Yeah. I mean, it's looking back on a relationship that you once had. Exactly. And thinking about it and this rush of emotions that comes with it. And I think that the album does that extremely, extremely well. And for Clueless, uh, the word I'd use to describe it is encapsulating. Um, it's the whole time capsule concept I was talking about earlier with it really just boils down the 90s with the slang, the fashion, just everything about it is very, very 90s and it just captures that generation very, very, very well. All right. And with that, I think it's about time to wrap up the last episode. Um, Grace, is there anything you want to say before we head out? Um, thank you for having me, I will say. It's been really fun. I'm, I am a Tunes and Technicolor fan, and so it's been really fun to listen to them on Spotify and see them come up, and I just, I can't wait to make an appearance. I'm so <laughs> glad that you had me on the show. Of course. Um, and I would like to take credit for Tunes and Technicolor. That was my idea. The name was my idea. The truth comes out. I'm a <laughs> um, and I just want to thank everyone for listening. Um, it really means a lot when everybody listens to this podcast. All right. And with that, I will see y'all next time. Thank you and good night.